No question. And I know some speakers love to use introductory music. There's a little jingle that plays when they go on stage. And if that, think about what the difference is. Is that a symphony orchestra? Is that a a happy piano tune? Mm -hmm. Or is it three people with kazoos? (laughs) Whatever it is, you're going to have a dramatically different expectation for what the speaker is going to come out and do just based on that quick musical introduction. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Dave Bricker. So the emotion and the um, the story itself and, and the things that you feel inside that brought on by the mesmerizing voice that is speaking these things <laughs> uh, can then get you to feel more deeply than you would normally allow yourself to feel. Is that kind of the idea? It's really extraordinary to watch, and there's there's a story I tell about a very rough ocean crossing that I experienced, uh, a rough passage, and I looked over at one woman in the audience, and she showed visible signs of seasickness. I was worried she was going to heave on the desk. Whoa! And I, <laughs> and <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> I guess you reached her. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed at just how deeply she was drawn into the story. So the language we use, I could tell you, for example, I made a rough ocean crossing on a cold night, and that's really an anecdote. That's not a story. Mm -hmm. But if I really take you there where you can feel the cold air and the warm waves crashing over the boat and the the fear and, and the other Uh, environmental factors that were present, then all of a sudden you're fighting for survival inside my story. I see. Okay. And the audio, what you're hearing is definitely bringing you there into a different environment. Right. But not so much in terms of of sound effects. No. Though that can be part of it. There's there's a part of that story where I, I dodged two freighters in a giant cruise ship and I was in a little tiny boat and... And I looked as I cut behind the cruise ship, which couldn't see me because my battery had died and my lights had gone Uh out. And I was in these big waves. And you see right there, you're in it. You're reacting. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And I, I looked up into the back of the cruise ship and I saw the flashing lights of the disco. I heard the hum of the engines, that kind of low of the of the engines of the cruise ship. Mm -hmm. But I saw the flashing lights of the disco and I heard this kind of kind of coming through the glass and people were dancing and I could see their silhouettes and I thought, my God, I'm fighting for survival and they're fighting to get to the bar for their third margarita. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. Puts it into perspective. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where I pause. But those sound effects, because we've all pulled up next to a next to a car where there's some teenager, we hear the and the and you can see the windows pumping in and out and yeah. thinking oh I'm so glad I'm not in that car I can't wait till the light turns green <laughs> <laughs> 
I do wonder how they can think in there, but uh, maybe it helps them think. I don't know. <laughs> I suspect it's the opposite. Oh, they don't want to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. But maybe maybe that's me being judgmental. I, I We're think just old. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you said it. <laughs> I could say it. I could admit it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I wouldn't go back. I, I like being quote unquote old. I'm 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 good with it. But that's another story and and uh it's it's the stories that people tell themselves about uh, the limitations of of being old versus the opportunities and mm-hmm. there's a whole mindset piece to storytelling which which we don't need to get into i think it's uh, intuitive but it's the backbone of a lot of speaking and training is just you know seeing the glasses half full yeah definitely having a good attitude is you know <laughs> i don't think people are hardwired to want to hear, well, I don't know. What do you think about this? Maybe I should ask you about this. Are people hardwired to want to hear depressing stories? <laughs> do you think they prefer happy stories or or sometimes it's just vicariously living something they didn't have to live through? <laughs> I think it's a great question and I'm going to answer it obliquely. I'm going to change the question a little bit because... okay. I I don't think it's that people like happy stories. People like transformation. And one of the ways that the the there I see it as there being four elements of stories. And on the horizontal axis, if you will, we have a person in a sailboat out on the choppy, stormy seas of conflict. Mm-hmm. And what they want to do is they want to get to that safe port of transformation. And very often in advertising, for example, we'll see take it take an anti-tobacco campaign, mm-hmm. and we see the yellow fingers and the yellow teeth and the black lungs, and unfortunately, it it doesn't motivate people the way we might think it does. But if you show me somebody finishing a marathon or an elderly couple spending time with their grandchildren, all of a sudden the transformation is there, and it's compelling, and it. It hits people in different ways. It doesn't preach to people. It's aspirational. And so I think that people are happy to listen to a sad story if there is some outcome to that story that they can turn into a positive. So, for example, telling a cautionary tale, you think, okay, well, I I understand about the ant and the grasshopper, and the the grasshopper froze to death, poor grasshopper, but I can adjust my behavior so that I'm saving for the winter, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's okay. It's still a happy outcome for me. Yeah. On the other hand, I call these pit of despair stories where you'll get somebody up on the platform doing their therapy, so to speak, and they talk about their journey with addiction and how they had a great job and a wonderful family and they lost it and ended up sleeping behind a dumpster. And well, that's all great, especially if they've come out of it. But if you leave the audience there, if you take them into that dark place and don't bring them out of it, they're all going to go straight to their therapists and it will hang over them like smoke for a long time. So it's very important to deliver not necessarily a happy ending, but a transformation. It almost sounds to me like people prefer to have some kind of safety at the end. Some sort of safety or, again, some sort of value for them. I see. Whether it's a lesson or... 
you know, it's it's interesting, and I think we do it as adults, but kids are a great example. Mm-hmm. A kid will ask you to read the same storybook over and over and over and over <laughs> ad infant item. Yep. They know how it ends. They know that Cinderella marries the prince, but they love that journey and the fact that they know it's going to end in transformation. I mean, when I tell that sailing story, I mean, my joke at the end is, in case you're wondering what happened, I survived. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you're still here, right? So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But but people are still drawn into that that scenario, that time and place. So it's it's, again, outcomes. Stories are about people. What kind of value can you produce for people? That's great. And I I guess that applies to both marketing and advertising as well, as you just mentioned with the cigarettes commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Look at a magazine or or if if you can stomach it, watch television for a while. (laughs) I love how you put that. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I I love movies and and good television, but I, I buy it. I just can't handle the commercials because most of them I find are very low level and they're just telling me what I should do, what I should buy. Again, it's prices, processes, ingredients, and data. Mm -hmm. And what they fail to do is make it about me and about my story and how they're going to add value to my life. Yeah. And I'm definitely, uh, yeah, making a compelling story with a transformation at the end that could be yours. <laughs> right. Now, and this carries me, I, I mentioned there were four elements of storytelling. Yes. And for that sailboat to make it from that stormy sea of conflict to that safe port of transformation, the water's got to be deep enough. And it's interesting that when we talk about, we use this word deep, and we use it not only to refer to water, but but to people, to problems, to perspectives. And this idea of depth is, is archetypal. So if I'm trying to resolve a conflict for you uh, by offering some transformation, and I don't nail the authentic conflict, then you're not going to pay attention. And usually it has something to do with survival. Mm -hmm. It's sex, it's status, it's safety. It's it's something really innate, really a part of human nature. And if your problem is that you don't have enough color choices, you're not really going to pay attention because it's just it it's not going to pull you out of scanning mode for very long. So this idea of having finding the authentic conflict, children do this very well. I I don't know if you have kids. I, I have a daughter, but I don't kids, actually. But yeah, I, I have a nephew. <laughs> there you go. And what what you'll ask a child to do something, and they say why, and then you try to explain, and they say why, and then you try to explain a little more, and they say. Why? They keep asking, why, why, why? And eventually you say, because I said so. And then you grab your hair and think, I just became that parent I swore I would never become. <laughs> well, I guess what they're really asking is, what what does this have to do with me? <laughs> yeah, they, they're, uh, and, and this is a big, uh, I think since Simon Sinek, this whole concept of finding your why has, has become a big uh, yeah. sort of uh, theme in business these days. But why is important, and if you get to the authentic why, how does it affect your survival or the survival of your family or the survival of the species? 
whether directly or by, for example, the status we have in our tribe impacts our survival. Sure. It could be first or second level survival, and I won't get into all the psychology of it, but you <laughs> yeah. get the idea. If it's color choices, it's not going to hit home, and a lot of advertising doesn't connect with with that depth. So you're saying that they could do better if they actually sold the basics of what that would change in their life as opposed to, you know, the specs. <laughs> exactly. I want to know the the value for me. And when we determine what the value is for a person, what the real value, mm-hmm. even something like making more money. Hey, we all want to make more money, but money is paper. What is it that we want to do with the money? Whether it's that the money makes us feel more secure, that we're better prepared for our later years, that we're better prepared for an emergency, whatever it is, there's something about the money. Money is the tool, not the outcome. Mm-hmm. So when you when you market making more money, you're not really nailing the authentic conflict that's going to get people to click the buy button. Sure. It's more about lifestyle. Yeah. So when we talk about this in the context of audio, so you're talking about telling a good story and using your voice for modulation and possibly using music to influence tone in, say, film or uh, an advertising medium of some kind. Um, yeah, it, it all sort of ties into the same thing of, of telling a good story. And, and this all helps to do that. It helps to reach us on a more intimate level, I guess. No question. And I know some speakers love to use introductory music. There's a little jingle that plays when they go on stage. And if that Think about what the difference is. Is that a symphony orchestra? Is that a a happy piano tune? Mm -hmm. Or is it three people with kazoos? (laughs) Whatever it is, you're going to have a dramatically different expectation for what the speaker is going to come out and do just based on that quick musical introduction. That's true. And I also wonder if that's motivational for the speaker, him or herself, because, of course, they can use that as the way that they pump themselves up, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. And they also know that the that the crowd is kind of primed for something. As as a matter of fact, writing introductions is is very important. And it's also an area of risk for speakers because you might write a wonderful introduction and hand it to somebody who just kind of reads it flat. Our speaker today has written three books. They have done and yeah. and so the speaker is kind of expecting this this big build up. But the the MC, the announcer, didn't have the skills to deliver it, which is also why some speakers use video introductions. They want to avoid that downer mm-hmm. when when they're trying to create energy before they walk on the stage. So they make a small film before they <laughs> before they make an appearance. I think that's an awesome idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, and, that, hey, they can hire you to do the announcing on it, right? But, I mean, <laughs> think of it. you got music, you've got images of the speaker yeah. climbing Everest or or working with crowds or what, whatever. Or it, sailing the ocean. Well, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> But but that yeah, <laughs> that's the but right. And all of a sudden, people are thinking, "Who is this person?" And yes, they read the the bio and they read the session description and so on and so forth. But that's all intellectual. When there's that big buildup and this fanfare and there's music, and people start clapping, they're ready for something big. Mm-hmm. And it's storytelling. You're 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 creating an on ramp for an experience. Yeah. And it's very important. The experience is important. And yeah, getting the message across is super important, too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so how can people get in touch with you to learn more about this? 
I've got, I'm easy to contact. I have a website at storysailing.com. Okay, there's the sailing again. my phone yeah. number. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that whole model, uh, uh, and, and of course, the fourth element is wind, right? What's, what is your unique set of skills, perspectives, experiences that allows you to carry that sailboat from conflict to transformation? And I love that part of the model because there's no competition. You might be a voiceover artist along with however many thousands of other people, mm-hmm. but you have certain experiences perspectives that makes you that make you unique and finding those unique qualities is where the value comes from and the ability to find the authentic problems comes from so i I wanted to put that in as for actually i'm gonna ask you to repeat the four elements because they kind of got separated into multiple (laughs) portions here all right if someone wants them in one chunk (laughs) can you outline them for us Absolutely. Well, the four elements of story are as follows. A story contains usually one main character, though it could be a group of people. They're in a sailboat out on the rocky, stormy seas of conflict. And what they want to do is get to the safe port of transformation. The moral of that story being, sell the transformation. That's what draws people in, not the conflict. Mm -hmm. But in order for that to work, The conflict has to be the authentic concept. The story has to be the authentic conflict. So authentic conflicts have to do with survival, sex, status, safety, things that have to do with your survival or survival of the species, whereas conflicts like making more money or having more color choices are not going to hit very deep. They're not the authentic conflicts. They might be sort of symptoms of the authentic conflict, but they're not where you should put your attention as a marketer or storyteller. And the fourth element is wind. What does that sailboat need to make the journey? And there's some magic force Uh, gravity is a great example of a magic force. If gravity were to suddenly switch off, we'd have some very awkward social situations, but but nobody really knows how it works. We just take it for granted. That's true. And if you've ever been out in a strong wind, you know that it's invisible, but you can sure feel it. It's a real force, an invisible force. So what is your magic? What is your invisible force? And that's your experience, your insights, your team, your talent, your equipment. It can be something very simple, but a combination of things usually that makes you unique, that transcends your job title or description. Yeah. Yeah. So is that uh, technically your why? (laughs) It's maybe it's your what. I think the transformation is the why. Ah, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes beyond the it it's goes beyond the features. It's directly connected to those benefits that you produce uniquely. Mm-hmm. So, for example, there are a number of people. Any number of people call themselves speaker coaches. Now, I've dived into the world of speaking in certain ways that give me certain kinds of focus. Like any coach, I'm going to be perfect for one person, one executive, one team, and somebody else might want something much more academic or much more freestyle. Mm -hmm. And so Kelly Swanson's one of my favorite storytelling speakers. She has a very different style than I do, and she's very effective in what she does. But you know, each of us for different people, and and we have different magic, and that's what distinguishes us. Whereas the title uh, speaking coach or storytelling coach doesn't distinguish us. Well, that is a fantastic amount of information, and I think a lot of people are going to like this. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Jody. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your uh, talking with me today. It's been really enlightening for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. It's really been a lot of fun, and I get to talk about uh, my favorite subject with a delightful person. So thank you. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. You too, Jody. Be well. Thanks. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.